On this episode, we talk to Marie Anderson of the band Reformed Force. This is The Operative. I'm your host, Chris Williams. How do you measure, measure a year? In daylights, in sunsets, in midnights, in cups of coffee. So thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, so to start off, let's talk a little bit about you, uh, what you do, and your band. Yeah, well, I am from Nashville, Tennessee, and I've lived now in Brooklyn for 15 years, and I moved here to pursue acting, um, film, and TV, and theater, and kind of in the midst of trying, of pounding the pavement and not booking anything, I met this girl randomly at a party in Brooklyn, and we just seriously, like, girl crush central, best friends immediately. Um, we spent the whole night just chatting in the corner about all sorts of things, music to boys to love to sex to all. I mean, it was crazy. Um, and so by the end of it, we were like, let's start a band. <laughs> and I, I, I was trying to think, like, I've always wanted to be in a band, but I'm not the most musical person. I, ha- I did grow up. When I was very young, I want to say like four years old, I started church choir and my teacher taught us how to remember the lines by like almost like Pictionary, <laughs> like she would draw everything out for all the lyrics and stuff. And then also we slowly started learning how to read music at a very young age in choir. So I was always kind of had the ear for it and and was naturally good at harmony. So my upbringing in music was church. Like I sang, I loved to sing in the church choir. And I sang all the way till senior year from like four years old to senior year. And then even after I graduated um, high school, when I was at college, when I went to upstate, when I came home to Nashville, I sang in the choir. And I just loved, I loved the harmonies. I just loved that aspect of church. Do I go to church anymore? Nope. But I certainly love spiritual Baptist type music. I love that stuff. Um, so that's kind of my, like where I learned music. I did take piano. I hated taking piano. Um, but when I met Katie, I had just, it was like, it's embarrassing to even say, but it was when like Zoe Deschanel had made the ukulele popular. (laughs) And because I was trying to be so hip and cute and trendy, of course, I got the ukulele and just started writing songs immediately. And so, um, because I'd always been writing, I'd been writing poems and I, in college, I wrote some songs, but I never knew how to play an instrument while singing the songs until the ukulele. Um, So then I started just playing, playing music. And I remember I was at well, at my house, I had a July 4th party and I started playing songs in my, <laughs> my bikini and I got booked on a show a week later and I did a 30 minute set right off the bat. It was absolutely terrifying, but it was the, it, the show sold out because it was, I was opening for another friend of mine and all of our friends came together to support us because they knew how nervous we were and it it for me performing my own music was the greatest feeling i'd ever 
felt. I'd done, I've been an actor, you know, I grew up in performing and stuff, but it was always somebody else's work. And so for the first time ever, just writing my own material and also just what I thought was funny, it was always comedy songs. And so then my, the show that I was talking about, it, that was like two weeks before I met Katie. So when I met her at that party, I mentioned that I just started playing the ukulele and I was performing now in my own solo band. So then I asked her to join my solo band. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, she, a week later she came over and she started singing and Katie is a trained vocalist. Like she studied, she's, she's the complete opposite of me. I, I would say in training, like she, she went to like the wonderful elite schools all growing up, private schools in DC. I went to all public schools in Tennessee, probably some of the worst in the country. She went to a really great, and, and not to knock Appalachian State, I love our school, but she went to Barnard and she studied music and dance. And, um, and I did theater, which was great also, but um, it's just very different in our stylings of, of how we work and how we write. And, but I think that it really complements each other. And so when I started presenting her with my music, it was all comedy. Um, and she, you know, there was never even a question of like, were we going to sing, just be a regular band? It was always just to make people laugh. And so that was 10 years ago. <laughs> we started our band 10 years ago, which is so crazy to think. And it's, it's a little sad because this year we really wanted to have a huge party in Brooklyn and celebrate our anniversary, but we'll do it next year when COVID is over. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's my band is reformed whores and we've really, we've learned so much through the years. We've written a ton of songs. We filmed a lot of videos. We've had, we had a TV deal at one point that just fell all, all to shit. <laughs> we had agents and managers. They all, sucked <laughs> just the business is tricky but um but we've really I mean I'm really proud of us for staying true to ourselves and not there's so many ways that we could have sold out but we didn't and I love that our journey has led us into the world of podcasting um so we have our podcast called difficult women that we do and we just really you know even after 10 years we work very well together and I think that that's really rare as a duo. You know, you hear of so many famous duos breaking apart after a certain amount of time. And, and I mean, it hasn't been all perfect, but that's, it's a marriage. That's what we kind of say. I have a, a joint checking account with Katie. <laughs> so it's great. It's really wonderful. And I'm excited for when we can go back on the road again, because we've been able to tour and um, perform we've gotten to open for Les Claypool and Dweezil Zappa and Weird Al Yankovic and just had some really really cool experiences and we're not done yet that's for sure nice. <laughs> <laughs> um so today you wanted to talk about Jonathan Larson yes I I was I was familiar with the name but not I, I didn't know what it connected to uh, until I started doing some research, and uh, yeah, yeah, that uh, this I, I was really excited that that you that you chose him. Yeah, well, musical theater always well even before musical theater. I have to go back to the world of Disney. <laughs> um, so there were I had two sisters, and growing up, and so our imaginations were wild especially mine I think that you know as a child I just um 
love to play and love to act and pretend. And that's why I'm still an actor now today. But um, with, with the Disney musicals, our favorite thing was to act out the scenes and to sing along. And so that was Disney. And I felt like that was, it's such a child like thing that everyone can get behind. You don't have to be a child necessarily. But for me, it really opened up music because that was, I had choir and then there was Disney. <laughs> then all of a sudden I, I listened to Rent, you know, and I, I was trying to think how old I was, but it was in high school at some point. Um, and it was the first time that I felt like you know, all my friends were listening to like, you know, Nine Inch Nails or um, even who were the pop singers? I mean, Britney was, I think, big. And but I then was like, well, uh, have you heard Rent? <laughs> uh, it's by this guy, Jonathan Larson. Uh, I think he's a brilliant man. Uh, he's he's passed away because he did die. Um, I think the day or the day before of the preview in New York City of the original the, the debut of it. Um, but that musical, I'd always wanted to move to New York city since I can remember. Um, and that musical, I just felt like it opened up a whole different world to me. Um, singing about things I didn't quite understand, singing about New York and rent. I always played as a child, I played apartment and, and pretended like I had keys and I was going into my own apartment. And then all of a sudden here in high school, I'm listening to this this um, album talking about the same thing about how you can't pay, afford their rent. And I'm like, Oh, I can't wait till I can't afford my rent in New York city. But especially, I think that it was such a diverse group of people. Um, and it was rock and it was in, in like the confines of still kind of like a Disney, like, I don't know musical theater has a bad rap and I, I'm there for it too. Like there's some musicals I cannot stand. Um, but with Rent, I just think it's a perfect musical and it really kind of changed my life. I, I really wanted to go more into musical theater and I went to App State and I got, you know, I was doing acting there and it was unfortunate when I found out that like I had gotten in, I was going to app and then all of a sudden they're like, well, we do a musical like every two or three years. So in the four years I was there, I only got to do um, um, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So that was a little like they're it's not I mean, it's not known for doing musicals, but they do have a great um, music department. But when I was at app, I took music lessons and singing lessons and um, so I tried to keep that up, but it wasn't until I got to New York where I made to be in New York, I got a job at Puglio's Italian restaurant, right. Um, in, in Times Square. And it was right in the middle of all Broadway and the, the Broadway stage hands would come in and they were regulars and some of them would sneak me backstage and I'd get to see, I got to see tech rehearsal of three days of rain and. I got to play with the puppets from Avenue Q because I knew one of the guys that did the lights and, but yeah, I just, I love music, but I, I love like the choreographedness of musicals. And, um, and for me, it was just so fun with rent. Cause, uh, 
I'd then go to parties and I started playing it for my friends and then they were learning the songs. And so then we would spend like take over the party and sing all the songs together. And I mean, it was really, when you look back at it, it's like, man, you guys, we were such theater dorks, but <laughs> it, it was so much fun. Um, but it made me, you know, I love, I fell in love with like the who around the same time. And I was listening to the Beatles and, um, but rent still, I, uh, I have this rent book I was looking through, that, you know, before our conversation. And it's just so many fond memories of that time. Of, of It was almost like I discovered rent myself and nobody else knew about it, which is silly. But at that time, none of my friends were listening to that sort of thing. And so it was fun for me to discover and then share with others. Hey, that's interesting to me because when I, I, I was able to see rent, uh, sometime in the 90s and at the time I didn't really know anything about it mm -hmm. other than like I, I know that there's a thing called rent and it wasn't <laughs> like my friends really knew anything about it either and then mm -hmm. it seemed like within maybe a year then everybody knew what rent was <laughs> and rent was right all over the place. well that was me <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> You, you weren't doing a very good job of protecting it and keeping it to yourself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so what do you think that it was about Rent that, that really connected with you? What, do you think it was the, the style of the music or the, like, the, the fact that you, would, you, you ended up playing the soundtrack at these parties and, and it would kind of, I mean, I know that one of the themes of Rent is kind of bringing community together and mm -hmm. so you're effectively doing that you know through the music of the show mm -hmm. um is that do you think that's something that you you were seeking to to like you know bring people together or i think i felt like i found this nugget of beauty that i wanted to share with everybody um i think my circle of friends I, we were very protected or overprotected. Um, I grew up very Christian. Uh, I went to church all the time. All I feel like when I look back at my childhood, I was like, I was living at the church. Um, and so, so I was just very sheltered and kind of just unaware of social issues and things. And so rents all of a sudden opened up, you know, we're talking about AIDS. Um, and the AIDS pan pandemic, like, uh, you know, it was so scary, but also I just didn't really know much about it. And so all of a sudden, this music was teaching me about, you know, something that I felt like maybe my parents were trying to not hide from me necessarily, but just, you know, keep me safe from the idea of it. Or um, I think that I'm trying to think if my parents knew. I mean, they were always encouraging of me to listen to really whatever I wanted, but um, I just, I wasn't that like into heavy metal or, you know, I was really listening to like Little Mermaid <laughs> singing along. And so, and that, and my friends too, I mean, we're such dorks, but we loved it. And like, I mean, you know, in high school, I was choreographing dances with my friends at slumber parties. And then, and that, that was like the greatest day of my life, you know? And so, yeah, I think with Rent, 
yeah, it was just a, a nugget of like, look what I found. Um, I don't think necessarily I was trying to to bring people together with it, but rather um, try to try to I don't know share this thing with everybody because I thought it was so damn cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool that you you were willing to do that because I know that that is something that a lot of people when they when they have a favorite band or a favorite thing they are very protective of it like mm. they, they don't want it to be a, a popular thing right <laughs> which would be really <laughs> bad if rent was not a popular thing i know <laughs> well it's, i mean for me it was justification because it's super i mean definitely went super trendy and and everybody knew about it um, and was singing along to it at every theater party that you ever went to. But I feel like I discovered it first, but just, you know, there was no outside influences of it. I found it and I loved it. And with Jonathan Larson, my old roommate that I lived with, actually, she lived in the house in the apartment that he passed away in. And I felt like such a connection all of a sudden to her and then to Jonathan Larson. I was like, I get, yeah. She lived in the house after he passed away. I was like, did you ever see his ghost? Did he ever haunt you? Do you think he's still haunting you? Do you think that Jonathan Larson could be in our house tonight? <laughs> She's like, no, none of that. But, and the interesting thing about Rent, so I saw it in high school. I think it had come, it came through Nashville. Um, and then I saw, I was teaching, um, I used to work for a nonprofit called Opening Act here in New York City. When I first moved here, I taught uh, acting and playmaking improv uh, to high school students after school um, and underserved schools all over the boroughs. And it was, it was amazing. And I, and I've still um, am doing stuff with the organization. And the cool thing that they do is that they actually take these students to Broadway show. And a lot of the kids, have never seen a Broadway show, even though they live in New York City. So I would say over half have never seen a Broadway show. And so a couple of years ago, we took all the kids to see Rent. And I was like, oh my God, you guys. Cause you know, in high school, it was all the jam. <laughs> um, it's different now. <laughs> I think the kids are too, too cool for it in some sense, but also watching it, it was kind of sad to like revisit it in a way in a different, light because the show has been running for so long now here in New York and now I think it is well now it's closed because of COVID but before it I think it had moved to off so it was on Broadway and then it had moved to off Broadway so it was just a smaller theater um but when we saw it I don't know what was going on with the actors or whatever but it was very mechanical and sometimes musical theater I feel like if just like some of the actors go in autopilot because I mean, they're doing the show eight times a week, which is crazy. Yeah. I, I did a show, the longest show I'd ever done was for three months and it was driving me insane. And at the two month mark, the director came back to see the production and he, <laughs> he had notes at the end of the show. And he was like, Emery, we need to have a meeting. <laughs> so, we had a meeting and he was like, you're, you're, you've changed your character. You're not doing anything that I've told you to do. It's like, I'm, I, I'm not a robot. I have to, I try to find different things every time I do it. He's like, well, you got to go back to how we did it. 
So, I mean, I, and that was at two months in these people have been, some of these people have been doing the show for years. So I will never understand how Broadway actors can keep it fresh. Cause sometimes you see a show and they've been doing it for years and it's like the first day they've ever performed it. But that particular day that we went and saw Rent, where I brought my students, I was so excited to show them my, my love. The actors, it was very mechanical, very autopilot. And I, we left and the kids were like, yeah, that's fine. That's, yeah, that's pretty good. I'm like, dang it, something's lost now. <laughs> so, well, that's interesting too. The, do any of the themes or the, the I, I know that when I saw it, like a lot of the themes, like you said, that they were presented in such a way that I, I wasn't aware of certain things mm -hmm. that they were talking about. Are some of the themes more explored now in popular culture? So they, they maybe have less impact on the uh, audience? Yeah, I think that's a very good point. I think back then in the 90s, yeah, when we saw it and was listening to it, you know, coming together across races and I mean, especially in the South, like, and I just remember, you know, you, this person that has AIDS, he dies of AIDS, right. but this person loves that person. It's like that sort of stuff. I never, I didn't know anybody with AIDS. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that you could kiss somebody with AIDS and not get AIDS. I didn't know. I mean, I thought that like, you just should not be around a person with, with AIDS. That was like the ignorance of where we were. And I mean, I'm sure so much we've, you know, science wise, we've learned a lot, but now I think that that, I think there's definitely lots of songs in it that still hold true now, but I, yeah, I think you're right with, there's a lot more going on nowadays. And also kids in New York city, like they've seen it all. <laughs> it's like, they know it all too. So I am curious, like they, I didn't go this one day. I did get to see it, but I didn't go with the kids, which I wish I would have. They did see Hamilton. And they did. A, they got to do a talk back with, um, I think it was the original cast. So I think um, Lin Manuel Miranda was there, and he actually has been a real big advocate for opening act, which is cool. But um, they were blown away by Hamilton. So, but I'm like, are you, do you guys like Hamilton just because it's cool? <laughs> and Rent was cool in the '90s, but it's kind of funny. Um, so, are you familiar with any? I, I, I... I'm not familiar with Jonathan Larson's work outside of Rent. Did did he have other work outside of that? Or he had another play, Tick Tick <clears throat> Boom, and I'm not too familiar. I know I read it a long time ago, but yeah, that was the that was the only thing that I really clung to. And and as a writer, you know, for somebody, I've always wanted to write a full musical, and I've have some snippets of things, but it really takes a full team of people to make that happen. Um, but to me, you know, when I was younger, it was like that one person made this whole thing happen. How magical is that? And the fact that he passed away before it was just so sad. And, and I think when I was younger too, I thought that he did, he himself died of AIDS, but he did not. <laughs> well, do you think that he would have been proud of the, the, the legacy of oh, absolutely. I mean, it's still running. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's so rich. <laughs> but also, I mean, it's a shame, like, what, what he would have been writing about now, or if he would have been just a one-hit wonder. Who knows? But I kind of doubt it. I bet he'd have a lot more gems in him. Uh, do you have any other favorite moments from the, uh, 
in college, it did carry over um, to like every theater party getting drunk and singing. Um, which song is that? The Mimi song of Will You Light My Candle? <laughs> and like, we would just, it was an opportunity to kind of <laughs> like spar with people and see who, who like was a real theater nerd or whatever. Um, just so many fond memories all around rent. And I haven't visit, revisited it until, you know, recently when we took the students, because it kind of lost its pizzazz, even though it's still around. Um, I did get to see Moulin Rouge right before all this hit. And that musical, nobody was autopiling. <laughs> they were, it was unbelievable. So I believe in musical theater. Um, I think with just musicals, it, the message of rent, the, the heart of it, like Jonathan Larson, that was his legacy. That was like, he had been working on it for years. And I don't, I just love pieces of art like that. Movies are the same thing. I mean, people make movies and it's like, they've been, they've written, been writing it and filming it for, you know, 10 years. And it's just a piece of their soul. We wrote a scripted show off Broadway um, and we only performed it. We performed it for one night because it was part of a festival. And that was the closest, I think, to like a musical that we've ever done. And that was, I, I'm impressed that we pulled it off, to be honest, because it really was, it was so much work. And we had a director. Usually Katie and I would just work with each other and we don't have an outside um, mind to eye to help us. But in this circumstance with theater and both being actors, we really felt it uh, necessary to have a director for that particular show. And I think, you know, we always talked about doing more of a musical down the line. I mean, we always, with all of our music, our point is, we have points for all of our songs, but it really is, you know, equality, um, you know, the feminist way. And, but it's, it's, we would really, um, yeah, I don't know where would we would go <laughs> with it all. But for our one, musical that we did, I'm trying to think when we did it, but there was so much heart in it because it was all the songs that we had written over the last several years and we kind of streamed them together with a narrative. Um, and I think when you write a song, some, you know, Katie and I write differently. For me, it takes a lot longer and it's like a real big, for, for a while, not, not anymore. For, I thought that it was like divine inspiration that I needed to have for every song I wrote. Really, it's just I got to fucking sit down and write. <laughs> you have to just put the time in. Um, that's the best lesson I've ever learned about songwriting is just to fucking sit there. And for the five hours that you sit and write, you're going to get maybe the one hour out of all that that you'll have like a really good solid, you know, verse or a lyric. Or maybe you'll finish the whole thing. Um, but for that particular musical, it was so incredible to be taking all of our different songs and then to to stream them together with a narrative. Um, my mom still talks about that. We called it doing it for love with reformed whores. And it was, we had a puppet. <laughs> Katie found a puppet online. It was a George W. Bush puppet. Like a, it looked like a Muppet really, but it was a George W. Bush Muppet and she bought it for a dollar. And so our pimp came to town and tried to get us to, to give up, to come back to whoring as reformed whores. Um, 
and he would try to try every angle to like get us to come back to whoring and we'd be like no we're staying true to ourselves and that I mean that I think with our our is our full message with the band is just don't ever apologize for being you and um and, and really straight stay true to yourself and how everybody can whore themselves out and and we continue to but like for work and money and relationships and you know you really can sell yourself out but if you can really figure out who you are and stay true to it that's the best thing that we can best message that we can give through our comedy music well uh where can people find your music and your podcast yes all of our music is on every single platform and i also have three boxes of cds if anybody wants to message me i'll send you one but reformed whores uh, our website, reformtours.com. You can buy our music there or we're on Spotify, iTunes. And then for our podcast, it's called Difficult Women and it's on all podcast platforms and it comes out every Tuesday. And then I'm Marie Cecile Anderson. I have a website as well and I'm kind of in the podcast world. I just got a new job, which I'm very excited about, is that I'm working for the last podcast network and editing for, for them. So I've kind of gotten into sound editing, which has been a cool thing. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, you're so welcome. I really appreciate being on and talking about good old rent. The Operative is produced in conjunction with Radio Nope. For more information, visit radionope.com and find all of our past episodes at theoperative.bandcamp.com. Thank you for listening.